We're rolling on with Predators report cards for two of the newest Predators, Tyson Berry and Rasmus Asplund, two guys that came into the trade deadline. One looks like he can be a nice piece for the Nashville Predators moving forward. The other, well, we kind of forgot he played for the team. We'll talk about him today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. And as always, shout out to all of the loyal Locked On Predheads who listen to us every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, and <laughs> Florida Panthers, one <laughs> win away from the Stanley Cup, just like all of us predicted beforehand. I lo- I will say I do love this storyline. I do love the the Florida Panthers storyline, but this is not anything anybody saw coming. Like I don't even think Florida saw this coming. <laughs> no, I think a lot of the people are like, oh, they're playing Boston round one. All right, well, it's going to be a nice one and done. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look, they made it in. Now they're going to take an exit. But you know, they have they have played so well in this postseason. Sergei Bobrovsky has played really, really well. They are one win away from sweeping Carolina. And Carolina was like my sleeper pick that like, here's the team that nobody's really talking a ton about who's going to make a deep playoff run. And I don't know what is happening. Like, I don't know what's happening in this clash of Florida and Carolina, but it is odd. It is odd to me. I mean, Carolina's been snake bit a lot. Like they had some like shots that just wide open shots missed the net. Uh, There's a play last night where it looked like Bobrovsky's like pad was going like yes. uh, behind the goal line, but it just kind of hit at just the right angle to go out instead of like past the goal line. Uh, you know, they had like the missed high sticking call. I mean, safe to say there are some things that haven't gone Carolina's way, but yeah. give credit to the Panthers who are just playing like they're on a war path right now yeah they remind me a lot of the 2017 preds run where you know they they somehow got into the playoffs but they're peaking at the right time like all of the things are coming together right and i saw rod brindamore his uh post-game press conference last night and he's like i don't like i don't know what we need to do differently like we need to find the back of the net but it's not like carolina is playing poorly it's not like you know they're just creating all kinds of you know giving giveaways and all that kind of stuff Carolina's not playing poorly it's just everything is going Florida's way yeah I mean they had that one game where they were uh, had like 18 to 1 to shots in the first period and then still wound up losing the game and I think at that point it's like what else do we have to do I will say (laughs) uh for the Florida Panthers keep it going keep being the 2017 Preds we want to see who win Mostly because we don't really want to see anybody else win. 
We, yes. we don't really want to see Dallas win the Stanley Cup. We Mm-mm. don't really want to see Vegas win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Carolina, uh, still still a little salty about 2021. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Florida's like the one team that's like, yeah, that's that's palatable. Yeah, I cannot get behind the Western Conference teams. I just can't get behind Vegas or <clears throat> or Dallas. I just can't get there. Yeah. So, Speaking yeah, of- I'm all in on Florida. Yeah, speaking of not being able to get behind something, uh, back at the trade deadline, mm. the Nashville Predators traded Matthias Ekholm to the Edmonton Oilers. Pour one out for our boy. In that trade, Predators got a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yay. Uh, they got a prize prospect. Yay. And then a name that I think a lot of people were like, huh, that seems like that's kind of a throw-in. Tyson Berry. He is the subject of one of our report cards today, a offensive-minded blue line defenseman who Ann came in and really, I think, showed what he can be on this Nashville Predators team. Let's start with one word to describe a Tyson Berry's season. Yeah, so this is a one word. I think we've talked about this one word before, but I couldn't find anything else that fits. My one word for Tyson Berry is Aunt Viv. He is Aunt Viv from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but he's the second Aunt Viv. Okay. I want to be, because I think of Matias Ekholm as the first Aunt Vivian, where like she was a little bit sassy, you know, she definitely could pull off the Bel-Air thing, but you knew she had an edge to her. Um, Second Aunt Viv came in and she was just like a softer character and she wasn't as big of a focus of drama she was like the one who kind of tied things in together nicely and like taught the life lessons aunt viv so i think of tyson berry tyson berry as the second aunt viv like this is somebody who we all were like i'm sorry what when he came in and he was on the ice we're like where's the other guy where's the other guy but really turned out to be like a nice, softer character. One of the things that people joke about, they, they've said that Tyson Berry has mom energy. And I really think he kind of stepped into that the way the season unfolded. So for me, he is the second Aunt Viv. I was going to say, when you, I'm glad you clarified the second Aunt Viv. Because I was about to chime in with which Aunt Viv. <laughs> no, you really have to do a study of them. Because the two Aunt Vivs from Fresh Prince were very different. Yeah, a lot of drama too around that whole like, why did we lose the first name? Bit a lot of drama. Do you see like the the Fresh Prince reunion where Will Smith was finally reunited with uh, the woman who played like the first Aunt Viv? No, and it was kind of like a like a full circle like cleansing kind of thing. Interesting. No, I have to look at that. I saw her interview on a talk show, and it was interesting, like her perspective. And then I saw Alfonso Rivera kind of talking a little bit about. His two very different perspectives on what went down on the Fresh Prince with the first Aunt Viv, y'all. Yeah. Uh, they, they've gotten one little fight and the producers got scared. <laughs> so what is your one word to describe Tyson Berry? My <laughs> one word for Tyson Berry is casserole. Now, when you hear the word casserole, you're like, eh, that's not great. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want a cheeseburger. I want a T-bone steak. I want... Like delicious mac and cheese. I want something like hot and I want it like ready now. Nobody wants to touch like the pre-made casserole in the back of the fridge. It's just a bunch of stuff thrown in, baked, and then you just kind of forget about it until you need it. But you bite into that casserole, you heat it up, and it's like, wow, 
this is exactly what I needed at the right time. You always cook it. You're like coming home late from an event. It's nine o'clock. You don't have the energy to really cook anything. Then you remember you got that casserole on the fridge and the freezer ready to be popped in. You pop it in, you bake it, and boom, you got a meal. Tyson Berry is the casserole for that second half of the season. I think, you know, when he came in, everybody's like, okay, that's a a guy to be on the roster to fill a spot. He's not Matthias Eckholm. We would really love some Matthias Eckholm right now. We would really love some Ryan Ellis back. Uh, prime PK Subban, if you're still out there, please come back. I think a lot of people were like salivating over other defensive options for the Nashville Predators. But then you have Tyson Berry come in. And he comes in when, A, everybody is hurt and the Predators need leadership. I think Ryan McDonough also missed a lot of time when Tyson yeah. Berry came in. So all of a sudden, you have this sort of veteran defenseman in the back of your freezer that you put up and you heat up on the ice. And he filled that need for the yeah. Nashville Predators. Made a lot of good veteran defensive plays, especially when Roman Yossi went down with injury. He kind of stepped into that main play facilitator role. And he filled it very well. And I think, you know, you look at the, the year Tyson Berry had, and I think a lot of people thought this was a guy that, you know, he's come in as trade bait. He's just kind of an extra body now I think you're starting to look at him and it's like, huh, that's a nifty guy to have in the back of your fridge when the Predators really need him. A very versatile guy. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think when Tyson Berry came in, you were like, okay, at least we're getting a defenseman to fill a spot. But now as you're looking ahead, especially where the Nashville Predators are, they're looking at this reset. They're going to be looking at a lot younger of a team. And what Tyson Berry kind of stepped into and how he took over some of that leadership in the locker room, even after just being a fresh face there, Tyson Berry suddenly has a lot more value on and off the ice for the Nashville Predators. Yeah, we're going to talk about what we see Tyson Berry's future uh, as a Nashville Predator. He's got one year left on this contract. Is he going to be trade bait next year, or is he somebody the Nashville Predators can use, especially with a healthy uh, Roman Yossi coming back into the lineup? We'll talk about that in just a second, but first want to mention today's episode is game time. Going to sports, theater, comedy, concerts, all that, that's fun. The process of buying tickets to those things sucks there's all kinds of hidden fees there's all kinds of uncertainty over which seats you're gonna get are you and your friends gonna be able to sit together it shouldn't be that stressful people and that's where game time comes in game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for anything you want to go to sports music comedy theater you name it and they have killer deals on last minute tickets and they have the best price guarantee, which means you can stop stressing over tickets and instead get hyped for the fun you have. You don't need to plan months in advance either. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. 
and they have flash deals on tickets for anything you can imagine. And it all comes with a game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you know you're always getting the best price. The best part about game time is you know exactly what your seats are going to be. You get images of your seat before you buy. So you know what the view is, you know what to expect, you know your surroundings, and you get your tickets to your phone in a matter of seconds. No more digging through your email, just two taps and you're all set. So download the game time today, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right and we talked about uh you know Tyson Berry and kind of what he brings to the table this is a veteran versatile guy who's done a lot and it's funny because you know he's never wherever he's been really kind of considered oh this guy's you know a number one defenseman he's kind mm-hmm. of the franchise cornerstone but, you know, you look at it over his career in almost 500 points in the NHL. He had 55 points last year, uh, including 12 and 24 games with the Nashville Predators. Uh, I think there's a reason that a lot of teams have kind of, you know, soured on him as sort of that franchise number one guy. And a lot of that has to do with maybe some of his stay-at-home defensive skills. But it's funny because, you know, you watched him last year and it's like, okay, maybe he's not going to be a number one franchise guy. But this is somebody that you can plug into the top four in your lineup and be really happy with some of your cornerstones in that top four. Yeah, and Nashville doesn't need him to be your number one cornerstone franchise guy because they've got that. You got Roman Yossi. You've got Roman Yossi. So what can you build around, you know, Roman Yossi that's going to make this team better? And Tyson Berry is the perfect fit for that. And I think a lot of people felt like he was going to come in, like you said, and he was going to be here temporarily. And I don't know that anybody thought he would have a big role on this team. But going forward, he's not going to be the number one guy. But what he can bring in his own role for the Predators, especially where they are, is going to be huge looking forward. And so you can't overlook how important Tyson Berry is. Again, not going to be your number one D guy, but he is going to be such an important part of what happens in Nashville that I think everybody underestimated that. And I think they found kind of a a piece they weren't necessarily looking for but kind of fell into in this trade. Yeah. The casserole. I'm telling you when you need it, it's there. Let's talk about, you know, his future on the Nashville predators, because that's something I think a lot of people have talked about it. We remember like when he came over, a lot of people were kind of waiting to see if Tyson Berry would even skate for the Preds because the thought was, Oh, the Preds are just going to flip him. And there's another trade piece. All of a sudden he's got one year left on his contract, pretty reasonable four and a half million dollar cap hit. I mean, it's it's one of those things, and I think it's going to depend on how the season goes for the Nashville Predators. I think they have somebody here that, you know, as you're building some younger defensemen, that's a really good guy to have on your roster. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, let's say the Preds are out of it or they're rebuilding. That's also a guy that can fetch you a pretty decent return on the market. 
He is. And I would almost hate to see that happen because if you look at where Tyson Berry kind of fit in, especially down the stretch for the Predators when you had Yossi out and, you know, you had Ryan McDonough in and out of the lineup. He was somebody that you partnered with these young guys. Uh, now, he was with Jeremy Lazan for a while, but he also was with Jake Livingstone. He was with Spencer Sasney. And I think there was a lot of security for those younger guys as they come in when they're playing with somebody who is as responsible, who has the amount of experience than Tyson Berry has. So even though I feel like, yes, you know what, he could be an interesting piece that other teams might be interested in. He also brings something to the Predators where they're at right now. You know, you're looking ahead at the defense. What is this defense going to look like next season? Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of questions about it. And Tyson Berry is somebody that you plug in the lineup and you don't have a lot of questions about. You know what you're going to get from him. I would like to see him be more offensive for the Predators, but we've seen him be able to be that responsible defenseman who kind of covers any sort of, um, mistakes or rookie play that there may be with some of these young guys. So, you know, I just don't know that Tyson Berry gone gets you anything as valuable where the Predators are right now is Tyson Berry here. Yeah. And he's a right-handed shot. So, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's, that's not nothing. The Predators eat. So now you have Alexander Carey on that right side, Dante yeah. Fabro on that right side, and Tyson Berry. That's a pretty good one, two, three, because now you don't have to, you know, finagle some guys from the left over to the right. Yeah. You may, you know, maybe you put him with Ryan McDonough and maybe kind of balance out, add some speed to that pairing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, if you want to elevate some other people, maybe there's somebody like Jeremy Lazan that can play really well next to Tyson Berry. Lazan, you know, kind of a, a speedy guy, really defensively responsible, pretty decent skater, you know, for, you know, I think he's a better skater than people get credit for. Fits really well with somebody like Tyson Berry, who we know is a really good skater, who we know likes to get engaged offensively and is a good play facilitator. So all of a sudden, you know, having a guy like Tyson Berry, not just, you know, a right-handed shot and a good skater, but somebody who's had the offensive pedigree that he has, you all of a sudden add some uh, another dimension to the rest of your depth after Roman Yossi that you really haven't had since Ryan Ellis and P.K. Subban are both gone. Yeah. The other thing I love about Tyson Berry's game is that he came in here and he stepped into so many roles. So as they were dropping like flies, you had him kind of QBing on the power play. You had him stepping in and playing some minutes on the penalty kill. This is somebody that when the chips are down, you can plug him in and he's so quick to make the adjustment and to pick up where you need him to pick up. Like this is just, he is a great band-aid guy. You can put him over any spot where the Predators may be lacking defensively, or even like I said, on the power play, and he provides you with something positive. So Tyson Berry, I think was a big surprise for me. He was a big surprise for me. Yeah, I would love to see him back on the team next year. And I would love, let's say, if the Predators maybe build some momentum as the season goes on, maybe they're not necessarily a playoff team next year, but you see a lot of growth in the young guys. I would love to see them maybe look at Tyson Berry and say, you know what, we like how this is going. We still have some guys in the pipeline that need to grow. How would you like maybe two more years to kind of help with the transition of this team? 
Yeah, I agree. The other thing I do want to shout out Tyson Berry for is, you know, going through a midseason trade is not nothing. And he came into the Nashville Predators. The Predators really were kind of in turmoil. They had, you know, sold or they'd gotten rid of Nino. Uh, and then you had Tanner Janot gone. And, you know, he obviously was traded for Matias Ekholm. And eventually we lost uh, Mikhail Granlin. And so it was obvious the Preds were in a whole new world. And Tyson Berry kind of walked into that and all these injuries. But he did it with such a positive attitude. You know, anytime you talked with him about the trade and about coming to the Nashville Predators, he was nothing but positive about it, nothing but positive about it and what he could contribute and what he liked that he was seeing. And you saw him step into a leadership role. I mean, he became an alternate captain as a couple of the guys were out with injury. You saw him get the A. You yeah. know, and, and he just continued to take this situation he was in. And this is a guy who did so much with the opportunity he was given. And it was not an ideal opportunity. This was not a guy coming into a team that was making a, a run for the Stanley Cup. This yeah. was a guy coming into turmoil and he was positive about it and he embraced it and he took on the role that, that he was given and he became a voice for these young guys. I really can't say enough about what Tyson Berry did in helping the Predators through really a rocky transition and into some really exciting hockey down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you credit a guy like him for kind of keeping that locker room calm because, hey, you know, that's a lot of chaos for yeah, a, a young team. Not only, you know, trading away everybody, but all of your veterans getting injured at once and all of a sudden you're left with basically your AHL roster in there. Guys like Barry and, and also guys like your buddy Ryan Patrick stepping in and yes. kind of holding the four down. Colton Sissons is another great example. Guys like that providing balance. I don't know if the Predators play as well down the stretch if they did without guys like that coming in and kind of being this calming presence in the locker room. So okay. credit to him. And let's talk about the other person the Nashville Predators brought in at the trade deadline who wound up playing some games. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of a different situation than Tyson Berry, and that's Rasmus Asplund. Now, this was a guy that came over from Buffalo. Remember, this was the David Poyle uh, when the, the soundbite after the trade deadline where he goes, well, I just called people and said, who wants to make the last trade with David Poyle? And Buffalo was the one that did it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, if that's how you're selling the trade as, ah, I just wanted to make a trade. Yeah. It, it's off to a little bit of a bad start. Yeah. That was maybe not the best way to advertise this whole Rasmus Asplund move. But yes, the, he will go down as David Boyle's last trade at a trade deadline as, as a GM. Uh, came to Nashville March 3rd, uh, and they traded him for a seventh-round pick in 2025. So really, you know, although this, seventh-round picks This was a Buffalo going, we, we don't have a space. We don't have a spot. Can have them. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a spot. Um, 19 games played, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, minus six. Uh, he averaged about 10 and a half minutes of time on ice in his games. Um what do you have to say about that? Well, yeah, my God, uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to make this sound as nice as possible because yeah. here's the thing with Rasmus Asplund, Dan. 
when we traded for him, there was some upside there. Mm-hmm. You look at this guy, he had 27 points in 80 games last season, which is really good for like a young fourth line player. Right. So I think when he came in, there was a lot of people thinking like, okay, this is somebody that's, you know, could be, you know, an upgrade from a Michael McCarron type of person or Mark Jankowski, like kind of a younger player who plays that same kind of two-way role, that defensive-minded forward role, but also has like more of a scoring upside. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen this year. He was in Buffalo, struggled with consistently uh, consistency. I think he had some injury issues as well, only eight points in 27 games. Came to Nashville. I think that was when a lot of people were like, okay, he's going to have a chance to play. Maybe we can get him back to where he was last year. And he was just, you know, unnoticeable. Yeah. Like it was just you, like you would lurking at the lineup card before a game and you would go uh yeah Rasmus Asplund's on this team forgot about that right yeah and it's kind of a bummer because you almost want to see something happen with him like as the Predators are doing this you know transitional thing that they're doing this reset or whatever he was one of those ones where where you did kind of think could this be a guy you bring in is this like a little diamond in the rough kind of thing that we've talked about where you can bring him in and you can find that thing again you and and to have something like that on the fourth line to have a fourth liner who's you know contributing like he had been in the past would be great do you really see him having a roster spot moving forward? I mean, he's well, an here's RFA. the thing. He's he's a restricted free agent right. this year right. with arbitration rights. Uh, let me see. I have his cap friendly pulled up. Yeah, he's he's like a 825 AAV, which isn't bad, but the qualifying offer I think is going to have to be a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of those things where you're the Nashville Predators right now, and you have some of these younger Milwaukee guys that are ready to come into the lineup. And you look and you say, okay, is there a better option out there? And that's not just a Rasmus Asplund thing. We've said this with Cole Smith. We've said this with Michael McCarron. We've said this with Kiefer Sherwood. You know, you look at it and it's like, is there a guy that is going to be around longer, who is more of kind of a longer term vision guy for this team that can do what Rasmus Asplund does equal or better? Yeah, that's going to be the big thing because Barry Trotz may look at this lineup and go, you know, there's not. We need people to play on the penalty kill. We need sort of two way guys. Um, you know, he may look at that and say, okay, maybe we could use somebody like Rasmus Asplund for one year, just as you know, to see how it goes. But I mean, if you asked me to guess, I would say Rasmus Asplund's probably not going to be a permanent fixture of this team. Wouldn't be surprised to see the Preds qualify him, maybe bring him back for one more season uh, just to see how he kind of does in that environment. But, you know, the Preds are also trying to get younger and faster and speedier. You know, they they may do something completely different with the lineup next year, and that may leave Asplund out of the spot. Yeah, so much of of this is timing for him, and I don't think it works out in in favor for Rasmus Asplund because I think the Predators, had they not 
hit a point where they're like, we're going to invest in the younger guys. They may have spent a little bit more time and invested a little bit more in, in developing him. When I agree with you, I think they're going to put that time and energy into some of these younger guys in Milwaukee and some of the guys that we saw last season. So timing wise, this move may not have worked out well for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see how it goes though. Again, it's one of those things where we said this with a lot of players on the roster, you know, if he's back, then he's going to get a chance to earn a spot. If not, He's a Milwaukee guy or the Preds may choose not to, you know, qualify him and he hits the market. We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the situation. It seems like for a lot of Preds on the roster right now. So he's in decent company. Yep. Later on the locked on at predators podcast, we got some good stuff coming up this week. Milwaukee admirals marching on to the that's next right. round. We will have a official preview of that. Coming up, sorry, Jared Stillman. We also have uh, draft coverage to get to. We've talked with Eric Denay. He's got a few options that he thinks the Predators can take at 15. Maybe a couple of wild cards in there. Maybe somebody who a lot of people think may fall out of the top 10. There's a lot to get to. So that is coming up later as well. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Thanks to all of you for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, Lockdown Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. All you have to do is search Lockdown Predators on whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We'll see you tomorrow.